Christmas. Merry Christmas, grab a seat. How good it is to be in church on Christmas Day. Some new faces, some old faces, some regular faces. It's very good. Very good. Ah, did you have an early start this morning? Neither did I. Just wondering why the coffee machine wasn't running this morning, but it's a good day. It's a good day. Um, I want to read a couple of verses for you. I'm not going to be up here for a long time. Just want to encourage you around one idea this morning. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of verses to you. Um, some Christmassy verses, ones that you've probably heard before, maybe read before. Uh, one in Isaiah chapter 9 and one in Philippians chapter 2. So let's read Isaiah 9 verse 6 first. It says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then in Philippians 2 verses 6 to 11, it says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the, highest, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God, again, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you that we can celebrate you this morning, that we can hear your voice, that we can encounter your presence. And God, we pray that you would encourage us, that you would fill us with the joy and the peace and the hope that comes on Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Who got a gift this morning? Did anybody get a, a present? Okay, one, two, three, shout out the best present that you got. One, two, three. Did anybody get a really good present? They're just like, this was the gift. Anyone get a really good thing? Yeah, what, shout it out. A watch. Well, that's pretty good. Anybody else? Yeah, what did you get, Tommy? A trampoline. Oh my gosh. How did Santa fit that down the chimney? It's like a transformer trampoline. Well done. Anybody else get a good gift? What did you get? Boots. For your feet. You know, does Santa know that we're in summer? No, that is a cool, cool gift. You know, I love, I love getting gifts. I got a lot of clothes um, this morning and I didn't get a new beard trimmer. I just accidentally set it on the wrong setting this morning when I went to shave my beard. And it wasn't until I was like, like, I was just looking down the sink and then I looked up in the mirror and I gave myself the shock of all shocks. <laughs> takes about 10 years off me, doesn't it? It's good. I love receiving gifts. I love giving gifts. And you know, there's different types of gifts that you give and that you receive. Uh, there's gifts that might cost a lot of money that you save a lot for that you... Um, you know, you want to show your appreciation because uh, of how much you spend on a gift. And some people are just extravagant in their gifts. They might give someone 
something that's worth hundreds, thousands of dollars um, just to show how much um, love they have for that person. And I love those sorts of gifts. I, I mean, if, if there's a gift that's worth a lot of money, um, I don't think there's many people that are saying, eh, not for me. I prefer the, the one that is going to break or the, the thing that's not worth much. But a gift that costs a lot of money, or there's, there's other gifts, and perhaps these are the ones that we love the most, the ones that require a lot of thought. The ones when you get them or that you give them, you know this person is just going to love this. Not many other people would, but this person, this is them to a T. Did anybody get a gift like that this Christmas? A gift was like, this is just me. No one else would like this. I got a rake this morning <laughs> for my grass, and I thought, not many, maybe some other people would like that, but I was just like, I wanted a new rake, one that could get every single little bit of tan bark off my grass before I mow it. Every little leaf, every little gum nut, just wanted this. It was perfect. It just, it was me. Did anybody else get a gift like that that was just them, that was well thought out? What'd you get, Ben? Socks. socks. <laughs> My favorite Your favorite socks. I mean, yeah. So not everyone's going to like those socks, but Ben, they are him to a T. You know, I think there's these two types of gifts, and we, we all like receiving both and giving both, the ones that cost a lot, the ones that uh, have a lot of thought behind them. Um, but when you get those gifts and they're combined, oh, that's like the Holy Grail, isn't it? It's like, that's the gift, one that is uh, expensive and is well thought through. It's like a, you know, like a Ferrari. We'd, you'd like that, wouldn't you, Glenn? Probably a Lamborghini or something. It's like, <laughs> put that on next year's Christmas list, everybody. Let's see who... No, I don't think... Anyway, maybe you will. I'm not sure. Um, A costly gift or a caring gift, but I think when they're both together, um, it's fantastic. And I think Christmas time is about... You know where this is going. It's about this sort of gift, isn't it? It's one that costs a lot, but it's also one that um, shows a lot of care by how thoughtful it is, how it hits our deepest desires and needs. You know, the gift of Christmas that God gives us in, in Jesus... This gift is one that costs a lot. It's not one that comes at a a cheap price and it's not one that can even be bought with money. The cost is so great that it goes beyond how much we could um, pay. We could never save for it. The gift that costs a lot of money, you know, forsaking the throne of God and coming as a baby to die like a criminal on a cross, humiliated. The costs were far more than financial. We could never save enough, um, we can never get a big enough credit card. We can never um, get. We can never put on zip pay or after pay. You wouldn't be able to pay for this. You would never be able to afford this. The cost was everything for God, for Jesus. Every bit of stature, every bit of power, authority. He gives it up. He lays it down to come as a child. Isaiah says, "Unto us a child is given, a son is given to us." You know, for God to become man is one thing. But for, for God to become a baby, that's something completely, completely different. Um, you know, if God had to come as a king, or as a ruler, if he had to come as someone of power and stature and just sort of zoomed down from the clouds and saved us and zoomed back up, that would have been wonderful. I mean, we would be eternally grateful for that. But the way he comes as a baby, completely dependent. I don't know the last time you hold, held a baby, but... There is something about holding a baby where you are completely aware of what you're doing. You're completely aware that 
their life is in, literally in your hands. You are, they are dependent on you for, for looking after them, for caring for them. They have no defense of, the, of, of their own. They have no ability to care for themselves. And this is how our king, our creator, our God comes to earth as a baby. Completely dependent on Mary and Joseph. Completely dependent on those around him. Completely vulnerable. He chose to give up the privilege of the throne to come as someone weak so that we might become strong. And then once this baby grows, you might think he might become a a powerful ruler then, but no, he becomes a carpenter. He doesn't, um, he doesn't grow into a position of, of, um, of influence, of stature, of, of power, of authority, but he just becomes a carpenter and then a teacher and a rabbi. And he was not influential because of any position that he held, but because of who he was. And then he was put on trial without committing a crime and killed like a criminal. Philippians 2.8, the verses that we read, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. He could have stopped it. He was God. But he chose to enter into that. He chose to do that for you and for me. The cost was so great. There's, there's gifts that cost a lot and then there's gifts that show a lot of care, a lot of thought. And in the case of Christmas, Jesus um, coming to us shows that he knows us, shows that he loves us more than we could ever love ourselves. I especially love giving a gift that I didn't realise I needed until I got it. I don't know about you, but I love getting those sorts of gifts that when you get them, you're like, oh, I don't know, if I'll, I don't know what this is, I don't know how it works, but I'm excited about it. And then you start using it and then you, you think, you know, like I've got an Apple Watch now and I can't imagine not having one. You know, I was just constantly checking all my notifications, I'm not preaching from my phone and... and if you had told me, you know, five years ago, do you want an Apple Watch? I would have thought, no, yeah, maybe, but probably not. Like, what does it do? Um, it just tells the time. I've never, never been a watch person. But now it's like, I can't live without it, and not in an idealistic way. Um, it's just in a practical way. But Jesus coming to us, you know, he is this sort of gift. He is the gift that for some of us and for a lot of us, um, we might think, eh, I don't know if I really need him. I don't know if I really need him in my life. I don't know if I really need him to come and save me from anything. But he comes and he meets our greatest need. And when we discover who he is and what he has done for us, the more we discover the depths of what he has done for us, the more we understand that we cannot live without him. Literally, we cannot live without him. He holds us together. He gives us the breath in our lungs. He continues to enable our hearts to beat. He gives us everything we need. We might not be fully aware of our need for Jesus, but when we we come to see who he is and what he offers, we become so much more aware of our need of him. What we need and what he gives us, amongst so many things, and what I want to quickly touch on is this idea of purpose, peace, and hope. He gives us purpose, a direction in life. It's something that we all need. It's something we all look for. At different stages, we look at different areas and um, we all need direction. We all need purpose in life. Without purpose in our life, 
we struggle to, to have motivation to do anything, to, to wake up, to get out of bed, to, to live, to work, to love others without purpose. And in different times in our life, if we're not depending on Jesus for our purpose and we're not looking for him, we'll find it in other places. But even those things fade over time. But the purpose that Jesus gives us, and that is relationship with himself, lasts forever. He is our, as Isaiah 9 says, our wonderful counsellor. Our wonderful counsellor. I don't know if it, at high school you had like a careers counsellor or a, um, what else do they call it? a guidance counsellor or, a, um, you know, something like that. And you had to, in year 11 and 12, you had your appointment with your careers counsellor and you sat down in the office and they say, all right, so what are you going to do for the rest of your life? And then you had to decide as a 16, 17-year-old to figure out what you were going to do for the rest of your life. And they were there to counsel you, to give you, help steer you in a direction of the rest of your life, what you would do. I don't know if it's changed now, but uh, you know, I look back and think, I don't even know if I went to that meeting, but I don't remember it. Um, obviously, it wasn't earth-shattering for me. But our wonderful counsellor, Jesus, doesn't just give us a career option. He doesn't just say, here's what you should do for a job. Here's how you can make a living. But he gives us counsel for our entire life, purpose in our everyday living and breathing, purpose in everything we do, purpose in our jobs, yes, purpose in our families, purpose in our friendships, purpose in everything. No matter our skill level, no matter our education, no matter our family background, he gives us purpose based on who he is and how he's created us to be. He gives us peace. We all need peace. We all have dark days. We all have dark moments in our life, weeks, months, maybe even our entire life. It's filled like it's filled with darkness. But Jesus gives us peace amongst the storm of life. In Isaiah, he's prophesied as the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace. He rules with peace. He distributes peace. It's who he is. It's what he has. And when life and circumstances aren't peaceful, Jesus is. He is constantly at peace. And he gives us peace, not necessarily by changing our life and circumstances around us, but he gives us peace within. So that no matter what we face in life, no matter what comes our way, no matter what season we go through, there is a deep peace that we have. So no matter what we face, we are okay. He gives us purpose, he gives us peace, and he gives us hope. We need hope. Without Jesus, we have no hope. We are eternally separated from God. We are eternally separated from life without Jesus. And Jesus coming to earth as a, as a baby and dying for us gives us hope. He gives us hope through substituting his life for ours. He makes a way through living a perfect life, taking our place on the cross, the most needed gift we could ever receive. It would be like giving someone oxygen who wasn't able to breathe. If someone was um, underwater or in a room that had a vacuum or something, somehow, I don't know how it works, and somehow sucked the oxygen out, the first thing that you would try to get to that person is oxygen. They don't need a TV. They don't need a snack. They don't need a drink of water. They need oxygen. That's what they need. And that's what Jesus is like for us. He meets our deepest need. He gives us life forever, eternal life, reconciling us back to God. 
He is the most needed gift we could ever receive. And for some of us, we are fully aware of the need we have, and for others, we're not so aware. But we will be one day. And Jesus gives us life forever when we can't get it ourselves. So the greatest gift we can receive this Christmas is something that is both this costly and caring, lavish and loving, this idea that it is full of sacrifice, but also full of love and thought towards us, meeting our deepest desires. You know, you might receive a lot of gifts today. You might receive one. You might receive none. But can I encourage you to take a moment, even if it's just now, while you're hearing these words, just to remember Jesus. And not just remember the name and think, oh yeah, I'm at church, I remember Jesus. Tick that box. But to really think and contemplate, meditate on who he is. What he has done. And what he has done for you. The way he's expressed his love towards you. The way he has given everything of himself to demonstrate his love for you. The way he has met every one of your needs. There is no greater love. There is no greater gift that we could get. And I want to encourage us as a church, as, as individuals, as a community, to remember this gift today. And not just today, but tomorrow, the year to come, there will be carriers of this gift. There will be people that embrace it and people that walk with it and introduce others to it. Because it's not just a gift for those in this building, but it's a gift for all. It's a gift for anyone who would come, anyone who would call on that name. And so I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what Christmas, what 2020 is like, where you're at with God. But there's no better time to turn back to God, to turn towards God, and to receive that gift of Jesus than Christmas Day. That would be his biggest hope and desire for your life. And so I want to pray for us as we finish this service and finish celebrating the band's going to come back up. But I want to encourage you to really contemplate and, and think about this gift of Jesus this Christmas. God, this morning we thank you once again for Jesus. We thank you that he is the greatest gift we could receive. And we don't just say that as a token gesture on Christmas, but deeply we understand that we need him. Without him we have nothing. And God, through Jesus we have everything we could possibly need. We have life and we have restored relationship back to you. And God, we recognize that it comes at a great cost. It comes with great love. And so God, with this morning, we, we choose to, to stop and pause and think and, and worship Jesus. To remember him. That amongst the presence, the food, the festivities, the the company that we'll have today, there's nothing compares to the gift that you've given through Jesus. So God, would you help us to be fully aware of who he is and, and what he has done for us this day. And God, we pray into 2021 as well that you would help us to walk with you the way you've created us to. Fill us with that peace, that purpose and that hope every single day. We pray this in your name. Amen.